I would say since contact, um, both women and our lands, our indigenous lands, since 1492, since first contact in the Caribbean with the indigenous people there, um, the colonizers have been after our lands and resources and taking from that, but also taking from our women. You know, there have been man camps since 1492 and they have left a trail of missing and murdered indigenous women since contact. The Transformative Marks podcast explores how indigenous tattoo artists, cultural tattoo practitioners, and ancestral skin markers transform this world for the better, dot by dot, line by line, and stitch by stitch. My name is Dion Kazis. I'm a Hungarian, Métis, and Intikatmuk professional tattoo artist and ancestral skin marker. I started the work of reviving my ancestral Intikatmuk skin marking practice over a decade ago. I have helped, supported, and trained practitioners and tattoo artists here on Turtle Island. In this podcast, I sit down with Indigenous tattoo artists, cultural tattoo practitioners, and ancestral skin markers from across the globe, bringing you behind the scenes of this powerful, transformative, and spiritual work. Um, my name is Jody Junabi Potts. I am Hongwichin uh, from Eagle Village, Alaska. I currently live in Fairbanks, and I have three kids, and I'm a... Uh, um, say this with uh, a lot of humility, but um, I have been a protector of my people and a hunter and um, a single parent raising my children. So it's me in a nutshell. Awesome. So um, tell me about the work that you do uh, in cultural tattooing. So um, I... I was first exposed to cultural tattooing when I was 18 and I saw a Gwich'in woman, a respected woman in our community with her chin markings. And um, I was very curious and interested in that. And um, because of the way I was raised, very uh, traditional and out on the land, really in my culture and way of life, hunting and fishing and living off the land, I, I really identify strongly with my Gwich'in people and family. And um, so <clears throat> it was something that just seemed very fitting for me. Like I felt really called to to represent that um, with a, a cultural marking. Um, but, you know, it took me over 20 years to find the courage to do that. And it does take courage to have markings on your face, cultural markings, especially. And so, um, but what was really interesting is, uh, you know, just through my life and experience, I was exposed to um, Navajo uh, culture through my um, late husband and he, um, the Navajo people still um, uh, have retained and celebrate a lot of their ceremonies. And one was a coming of age ceremony for young women and it's called the Kinalda. And um, it's one thing that I realized was really missing among our people was what was our coming of age ceremony? What were a lot of our ceremonies, but especially, you know, being a mother and very protective of my children and also trying to raise them up in our way of life in today's society and when walking in both worlds and in balance. Um, I really wanted to do something for my, my daughter and, um, and uh, we eventually through life became very close to that woman that I was first exposed to, Adeline Peter Raboff. Um, and uh, her children and I became very, very close friends throughout the years. And um, my daughter wanted those markings for her coming of age. And it just really um, felt right. It felt appropriate. Um, and so um, 
my daughter was the first young woman to receive those markings by me, her mother, which culturally would have been appropriate as well, or another practitioner among our tribe would have done it. Um, and uh, I marked my daughter for her coming of age when she was 13. Um, and um, it has really, um, I think, grounded her. It has really helped um, her with that, her uh, sense of identity. Um, as a Han Guichen, uh young woman. And I think it's really helped her with her confidence and boldness um, with who she is, what she represents, you know, what um, maybe she's eventually being called into, which right now is um, uh, becoming a protector of our people and way of life through um, a lot of um, environmental justice and climate justice advocacy. Mm. So um, that's kind of how I got into it. My first tattoo was my daughter on her chin. Um, and then I was waiting for mine. I, I was not able to do my own. I didn't have enough experience um, or confidence to tattoo myself. Um, and uh, eventually, several months later, so my daughter uh, wore her markings for a long time. And several months later, my 16-year-old son um, at our home gave me my... Um, my traditional markings as well, my cultural markings. And so it just felt right. It felt like I had always worn them. Um, since then, um, a lot of uh, women have approached my daughter and I and asking about ours, being curious. And some um, come from a strong culture of that as well, whether they were Athabascan um, or Gwich'in Khoyakon from our area or um, neighboring tribes of Inupiaq or Inuit people. And so since then, um, more people have come to me asking for their traditional markings. And so it's just been a great honor to do that for people, um, offer that ceremony. Um, it's uh, very healing for, for um, the person receiving, you know, and we do have ceremony. We talk a lot about what this means, the responsibility, their intention, you know, prayers, you know, um, uh, goals in their future, things like that. Um, and so um, that's been very healing for our people. Um, and so it's just been an honor to be able to do this work and give this gift of healing. You know, it's really about our uh, our identity um, and uh, re-indigenizing our people, decolonizing and, and really uh, recovering from a lot of trauma. For a lot of women, that's what it's about too. And so um, it's really been just a beautiful honor for me to be able to be in this work now. So, you know, you started to touch on kind of some of the stuff that, you know, really intrigues me, especially about the work uh, that, you know, uh, a lot of the female practitioners do in terms of the healing. And, uh, you know, we talk about, you know, we frame a lot of our work around tattoo medicine, this idea of mm -hmm. our tattooing as medicine. So when I say that, what comes up for you? What, uh, you know, could you share a little bit about, you know, that in terms of your experience and the work that you do? Mm -hmm. Well, I would just say that just going back through our people's history, you know, um, colonization has really put our people out of balance and our people have really struggled with loss of identity. Um, and... Um, and a lot of trauma. And so that historical trauma through the generations, we have a lot of people today that have been lost and have sadly um, suffered from, um, you know, whatever trauma 
has impacted their lives. And, you know, um, through this, through these markings, um, it's really helped a lot of people recover from trauma, identify, have, you know, strong identification of who they are, um, what they want to represent, um, what it means for them. And there's so much power in healing in that, you know, um, the power of sharing stories, you know, and um, I feel like for myself, um, in a lot of the work I've done in my life, but now, especially with tattooing, um, I don't think that I'm just, you know, a, a cultural practitioner, but I also find in a way just a cultural counselor. You know, I've had a lot of life experiences and I've, I've used my culture and my um, grounding in my way of life that I was raised in as my greatest strength in overcoming challenges and, and difficulties in my life. And if I can share that with other young people and women. So when we tattoo, there's so much conversation and there's so much prayers and ceremonies and intention that goes into this. And I think um, for me as a female cultural practitioner. Um, that's also what it's about. It's about the ceremony and the healing from, you know, loss of identity, loss of culture, uh, historical trauma, personal trauma, all these things that come with sadly being indigenous today. That's the sad part is, is the impacts of colonization. And so, but we still have so much beauty to celebrate. And so being able to mark women is a part of celebrating that and who they are and the beautiful part of our culture, not just the, the traumatic experiences for generations our people have been through, but that we're still here. We're still moving forward. We're still protecting our children and our way of life and maintaining our culture. And so it's healing. So really, I feel a lot of the work that I'm doing now is um, important part of our, our healing process. and. Um, and getting stronger as a people. Um, you know, you shared a little bit, uh, especially in terms of the work that's been happening and the work that you're involved in, not only with tattooing, <coughs> but with, um, with activism for the land. Mm -hmm. So could you, uh, you know, make the connection between those two? How are those two things, uh, you know, intricately connected for you? Um, so I would say since contact, um, both, women and our lands, our indigenous lands, since 1492, since first contact in the Caribbean with the indigenous people there, um, the colonizers have been after our lands and resources and taking from that, but also taking from our women. You know, there have been man camps since 1492, and they have left a trail of missing and murdered indigenous women since contact everywhere you go in North America or in other indigenous communities around the world, I feel like have similar stories of that. And so, you know, I also do a lot of work in protecting um, our, our land and way of life from uh, resource extraction, especially with fossil fuels in Alaska. We are under a lot of attack from um, for years um, we have a sacred place where life begins in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. And that's where the caribou, who our people are caribou people, the caribou give birth in this sacred place where life begins, where um, uh, the government wants to open for oil drilling in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. And so for generations, we have been um, fighting to protect this area. Um, and so my daughter is now the fourth generation 
to be doing this work and advocating. And she's constantly traveling to, you know, our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., working with other partners and in, in, uh, protecting this area. But it's so important for our way of life. And, um, you know, we have so many strong women that have been leading this fight. Um, but we also have a lot of women that have also suffered from the impacts of colonization through um, uh, sexual violence. And so um, also working to protect our women has also been a big part of my life. Um, I spent 10 years in law enforcement and I've been doing activism for some time. Um, and I just see so much the threats to our land is also synonymous with the threats and the experiences of our indigenous women. And so um, being able to do that work and also the healing that is so needed in both of those areas with, um, with culture, cultural markings, it just all marries so well together. And I think it's all very intertied. Um, and, uh, you know, as indigenous people, wherever we are, we had uh, traditional forms of marking ourselves and being, you know, uh, you know, marking ourselves with our identity and who we are. And um, I think it just, these markings also help give us strength as Indigenous people today and things that we're facing as a people, as an individual. And so I think that just my daughter's markings have really given her strength and resiliency to go forward in this challenging work that she's in and for myself as well and for the other women that also are doing this as well. Um, you know, I have, you know, it's a very broad and general question. Um, but, you know, part of the work that I'm doing in uh, doing these interviews is building an archive. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, so in the past, you know, uh, the anthropologists wrote this stuff down, but mm -hmm. we're an oral culture. So we're building this archive. I always ask the question, how, if you could speak to the future, what, what is the message you would like them to hear? Um, embrace who you are um, and never forget who you are and where you come from and just be grounded in that. And, you know, we have a lot of resources and that is listening to our elders. That's such an important part of this, um, listening to their stories, um, their experiences and their wisdom. Um, the oral tradition is really important, and I think being here at this um, at this uh, event or conference, um, that's one thing that I've really taken away because I was kind of trying to figure out there are still people within our own culture that don't understand that this was a way of life for our people. You know, these traditional markings is something that we did and something that was really important. Um, and so many of our own people are like, did we do that? And it's like, yes, we absolutely did. And um, so trying to get some of our own people to understand, sadly, sometimes they, they want to see it in archives from in the written form, you know, and no, it's, it's in our blood, you know, it's in our DNA and who we are. And, and I know from my experience, when I got it, it felt like it was always there and it was always meant to be you know, and um, it was almost cleansing for me as a person, you know. So I think, um, you know, to talk to the future is to just really dig deep and um, 
I don't know if analyze is the right word, but to just really think about who you are and where you come from and find that, you know, whether it's just sometimes when I'm with my kids out hunting, we just stop and we just lay down on the ground in our traditional lands and take it in, take in that. It sounds hokey, maybe new age, but that's, that's our place of birth. That's where our people have been for millennia and to just take it in. And so go find that, you know, and get that grounding you know, because we'll always have our indigenous lands, our way of life and culture. And we do need to carry that on. We do need, because we are going to be the healers of this earth. We're the ones that have that knowledge and that sacredness. No one else holds the land sacred like we do. You know, they just want to take and then just throw away. And, you know, that's a big part of who we are, that connection. So, and with each other, you know, our relations. And I think being here and, um, you know, meeting so many other indigenous people and hearing them talk about, you know, their culture and way of life and their lands and, and their ancestors is super, super powerful. And I just feel so much, you know, inspiration leaving here and going home to my land. So. Hey, listeners, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I just want you to remember that no matter who you are, where you're from, what you've been through, what you've done, that you are amazing and beautiful, and I'm excited to see you next week. If you haven't already subscribed, please go and do so. And if you have subscribed, I appreciate you following the Transformative Marks podcast. And the last thing that I will ask you is to do me a solid and share this episode with somebody that you think will enjoy it. Thanks a lot, and see you next week.